This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed that chat. Once again, that was Jason Lockenfora, our NFL Odyssey insider, as well as the weekday 2 to 6 co-host on The Fan in Baltimore, 105.7 FM. All right, so that was our Baltimore perspective. We got a good idea what was going on with the Ravens, and a surprisingly negative yet realistic outlook from Jason Lockenfora really does sound like they've got a lot of problems down there, very similar to what's going on in New England. To give us a fresh perspective, on the quarterback and what's going on with your one-on-one Patriots. Andy Hart was able to catch up with friend of show and NFL Network reporter Mike Giardi earlier this week. Back for another scintillating segment of the Six Rings podcast, joined by one of our favorite shows of the program, as an SEC coach might say, Mike Giardi, NFL Network. And Mike, we're going to keep this short. We're not going long here, but I want to get your opinion on a significant member of the Patriots organization coming off his first win of the season, Mac Jones. We just listened to him speak at his uh, Wednesday podium session here at Gillette Stadium. A, I'm going to start with a simple question. How did he play in the win against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Average at best. Uh, you know, he, he talked about today the idea that, well, hey, look, the win is all that matters, and there aren't even ba- there's not bad tape. There's not bad tape. <laughs> I mean, he had four throws in that game that should have been intercepted. One was. Um, so right there, and whether – is that bad decision, bad throw, all of the above? Like, I don't know how you, you say that. I mean, I understand they're, they're trying to put that in the rear view and they're getting ready for this week and they don't really want to talk much about last week. But I, I did find that curious. Um, I think nothing has been easy for this offense. I, it, nothing has changed. Just because they won a game, to me, it, it looked a skosh better than it did – in week one, but let's, I'm not taking this huge leap here. So one of his quotes over the summer was the open conversation of the coaching, the offense, everything that was in place. He loved it. And talking him to, to him today, he talked a little bit about RPOs, that they're dabbling in it. He clearly sounds like advocated for it, did it at Alabama, had success with it at Alabama. Seems like it, he feels like it puts the defense in a bind and it can be valuable. Uh, what do you think, not only, A, of the idea of doing things that he likes, such as RPOs, but him having that year-two voice to express that and, and maybe get what he wants? It should be that way. Like, look, look, you draft him in the first round, so I know there's discussions about what his ceiling is and, like, whatever. You drafted him 15th overall. You, you gave him the keys, or, and he earned them to a certain degree by beating out Cam, who was washed, but 
Point, but point being, Mac did play. You're editorializing you know, yourself. I know, but Mac did deserve it. He did play well. And as I've said a lot this summer, um, Mac's looked more like a rookie this year than he did pretty much at any time last year. But, yeah, you, you have to. I, I, that wouldn't make any sense to me to say, no, 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 you're going to do what we tell you to do. Now, maybe there was some of that last year with Josh because the system had hit better, but I also think that Josh started to understand as they went along what Mac does well and put him in those situations as much as he possibly could. And I think it behooves any good coaching staff to do that. So one of the quotes that I wrote down from Mac today, talking about the coaches, his trust in the coaches, and that it's their job to, you know, tell you what to do. And he always says, as long as he knows the why or the purpose, he's good with it. And he said, quote, they're never going to put me in a bad position. Um, Has he been asleep for eight months? (laughs) Because um, he has a defensive coach, he has a special teams coach, they didn't add talent, they're moving all the offensive line around. Um, Do you think he truly believes everything he says to us? No, no, but I mean, look, we we dealt with Brady for 20 years. And what was this quote last year or two years ago about like 90% of what I say up there is not true. So you're trying to figure out what the 10% is. I think Mac is, and and you and I were having this conversation before this podcast. I think Mac is desperately trying to say the right thing and not the controversial thing. Um, And maybe he said some things, maybe he, he was himself at various points during the spring and summer, and maybe that got him in trouble. Um, and I think he's trying to make sure that I'm protecting. I'm, the, I'm part of the team. I'm going to protect my team. I'm going to protect my coaches. I'm going to. I'm going to try to do that. And hopefully, we do find success here with this offense moving forward. But I, I definitely think he's trying to be as bland as possible. Problem with that is, is when you keep talking yourself in circles, sometimes little things come out that you didn't want to come out because you're just trying to figure out a way to end your thought. And I think that happen again today i believe it's oh what a wondrous web we weave when we work to deceive anyway there was a, a an allusion today actually in devin mccourty's press conference that a lot of people comment on the quarterback position who really have no right to i fully understand that Absolutely. i think if you ever put me at quarterback in an nfl game i would quite literally poop my pants <laughs> with people rushing at me guys crossing all directions i think it's a a taxing job and, and that doesn't even go into what you just sort of alluded to like you're the face of the team you got to say the right thing you bill belichick's your coach there's so many pressures there so mac is 20 games i believe into his nfl career here and a lot of people seem to be making one direction or the other like decisions oh he he's the quarterback for the next 12 years andy gresh on our station weei he is all in i think that's idiotic I also think it's equally as idiotic to say he stinks. He can't be a franchise quarterback. Look at him. He can't make the throws. He can't do this. He can't do that. I almost eliminate both of those polls because I think they're just ridiculous at this point. But the idea of progression and regression and the process and the results and all the crap that he continues to go back to, which kind of annoys me, but whatever. (laughs) That's his thing. I'll let him have it. Is he building, do we need to just, is this year, as I wrote in the spring, and it may have been stupid, I don't know, that like he can't lose this year because of the talent, the coaching, all the questions around him, new scheme. It's almost like it's a free year for him, but also like a wasted year. I don't know how, like which side of that I kind of dance back and forth. So where is Mac right now? Like where is he in this process that he keeps, the process. I know he's talking more about the team and like the in-season Installed, but there's a process to his career that I think he's trusting 
If I were him, I'm not sure I would be trusting. So where is he in that process? Well, I mean, you said progression or regression, and I think there's been some regression. But, and this is where I'm sort of bullish on this whole thing. And as you said, the, the, the great scope of you're here or you're there. I think when I look at all that's happened, what's the biggest change that's happened with this team in the offseason? It's who's coaching him. Mm-hmm. And one guy in particular, the guy that's calling the plays, although it's a collaborative effort, we're told, is it has been a defensive coach his entire life, except for 2005 when he was an assistant offensive line coach, which, as you know and I know, means absolutely nothing right. in the grand scheme of things. So I keep coming back to that. And so when people make this statement like, oh, he's not any good, this isn't a franchise quarterback, I go back to his rookie year and I say he was pretty good. He was pretty good pretty much all year long. Yeah, there were some valleys, as you expect with a young quarterback. But I just say to myself, like, that guy's there. We haven't seen that guy very often this year. And what's the common denominator? It's not that he didn't put the work in. In fact, he, physically he looks better than he ever did. It's not that he, you know, he put the time and the, the mental process of this thing he's been very involved in. So I just keep coming back to the coaching and the plan and the scheme. I go back to what Jacoby Myers told me last week. They got a lot of run. You know, we sometimes question whether or not, you know, how we're attacking and what the plan is. I think you're seeing that's a problem. I, I tried to get it out of my knew I wasn't going to today, Mac. Just the idea, there aren't a lot of easy throws. And you don't have to be a quarterback expert or an offensive expert. If you're watching the other games that are on TV and you're watching whether it's the Bills, the Dolphins, hell, even the Titans who got their butts kicked, there are some throws that Ryan Tannehill got to make in that game that were easy throws. Pitch and catch, 10 yards, simple as can be. How many simple throws has he had to has he had in the first two weeks of this season? A couple crossers against Pittsburgh. Pretty much nothing was easy against Miami. I just think they're not doing enough schematically to get guys who aren't burners to get them open. And I think Josh McDaniels, I'll go back to it, that loss is massive. They miss him. And I think you see it on Sunday when you're like, how come guys aren't open? How come every throw has to be there's a guy, it's a tight window. Almost every throw is a tight window throw. It's just, it's crazy. And that was kind of what I wrote this morning on our website is Mac and the Patriots don't measure up right now as expected. Like this was obvious. We all talk. If you were a, an objective person this off season and said, Oh, Josh McDaniels left. Oh wait, excuse me. They replaced him with who? Like Matt Patricia and Joe judge. What did they do to upgrade the offense? Well, they brought in Devonte Parker and he's had less separation than anybody in the sport of football for two straight years. Like, wasn't this all sort of, predictable and expected and that's where i get in the mac kind of has a free year here it's not really on mac but the flip side of that i will say is two things one critical and one it's not really his fault it's the idiots in the media everybody oh my god he worked with tom house and he's going to add rpms he is going to be chucking the ball he's going to be effing whizzing that thing down and he's not and now everybody's like oh i don't really the arm doesn't look stronger did you expect it did you honestly expect arms don't get significantly stronger they get incrementally where if you're tom brady and you play 23 years and you go up one percent a year well that's a lot of percentages over the span of 23 years but you're not going to go from mac jones last year to what does he look like josh allen was that thing effing whizzing down there no that's not going to happen the flip side of that that i do blame mac for is i don't think his accuracy has been very good early in the season and i'm sorry but if you don't have the legs and you don't have the howitzer, and I'm supposed to think you're going to get by on your reads and your accuracy, 
Well, if you don't have the accuracy, then what do you have? And that would be without, I'm not making grand like proclamations. My biggest concern this year, and maybe it's his head. Maybe he's thinking too much and not just playing and throwing it. But I think his accuracy has been kind of suspect to start the year in two games. And I, that's why I keep coming back to the, I, I just keep saying he doesn't look comfortable back there. And people are like, well, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's the offense. Well, he was protected fairly well on Sunday. What, hit three times, I think, mm-hmm. in the game? If you're going to drop back that many times and only get three times, that's not too many quarterbacks get that in the league. I just I, I don't know that he's trusting what he's seeing. And I keep coming back to last year, he trusted what he was seeing. And he had somebody in his ear that had been doing it for 20 years and is good at it in Josh McDaniels. And now we don't know if Matt's going to be good or not. We don't. I, I'm, not, I'm not one to, and I've said this all along, like it's easy to rip them. And then clearly they should have – I feel like they should have had a more experienced guy. But I don't know if Matt's going to be good or not. I, d- I don't have any idea yet. And we have, we have such limited sample size to this point. You know, they do all this stuff in the summer and then they trash it because it wasn't any good. Well, that's good coaching in the sense that, like, don't keep beating your head against the wall. Dump that stuff. We're, that's not what we're good at. And maybe we'll never be good at it. But then at the same time, where, where's the scheme to separate guys? You know they're dead last in motion? Yes, that, that is frightening because that, that is, and you'll talk to any quarterback, right? Any guy who's played in the league. That's a cheat code. It helps you tell you what coverage is. So you're going to be static with a second-year quarterback and a first-year offensive coordinator and not this overwhelming bunch of talent around you? That's kind of crazy to me. Okay, so I know we're going a little long, but we're going to go deep here. We're sticking all Mac, all quarterback play. The last question I have about Mac is I'm going to do exactly what I poo-pooed earlier. So they're facing Lamar Jackson this week. Fifth year, first-round quarterback, doesn't have a contract, but not because the team doesn't want him and he doesn't want the team. little different layer there. But that's a road the Patriots are going to have to go down. So do you have a crystal ball? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, crystal ball. Your Mike Giardi crystal ball. You know, you can see it behind you on your NFL Network TV appearances. I'm sure it's there somewhere in the Giardi household. Uh, a few years from now, will we be talking about a multi-hundred million dollar extension for Mac Jones? Or will we be going down the road of they're still looking for a quarterback? Totally, I'm telling you, this is unfair to ask you. I'm fully admitting it's unfair, and I think Gresh is an idiot for saying he's all in on him, and the idiots are saying they're all out on him, like Scheim, our co-host. But if I made you say 51-40, 50-50 fault, make it a Devontae Parker 50-50 ball, are you coming down with Mac is staying and Max getting a new deal or they're looking? I'm going to trust what I saw last year over what I've seen thus far. So I'm going to say yes. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. But, yeah, I, th- I think. I can guarantee he won't be here if he wants to be the highest paid quarterback yes. in the league. But that's a separate topic. And how about Belichick sort of stirring the pot? Like, how, what kind of money is Lamar Jackson going to be making? And that's where I wanted to go next. I found that as interesting as anything today. And I do wonder if Bill looks like – so he makes that little lighthearted. He's been a little different this year, throwing out little quips and maybe a little more comfortable. I don't know why. Maybe as he gets older, he's like, well, I might as well enjoy this. I'm, it's almost done. Um So just to bring to everybody's attention, I heard it a little differently than it was in the transcript, but it was basically, wait till we see the contract he gets. To your question, has he answered the questions about being able to play in the pocket? And I think Bill's insinuation is he can do it all, so just watch what kind of money he gets. Which I thought was interesting to bring up another team's 
quarterback, money, finances. I'm sure they loved it. <laughs> but, and, and he's having a great year. He bet on himself. He's six touchdowns, one interception, 75-yard touchdown run, do, doing the whole damn thing. He's answered the questions for me. I'd pay him now. I was a little dubious. I'd pay him now. But he's also fluffing up the guy who's going to continue to set the market for where quarterback contracts are going with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, if you include or don't include. I know that's kind of a sticking point with teams, fully guaranteed. Like, why do you think Bill did that today, other than just having fun? And does he even care? Like, has he reached the point where he – I have this whole theory. Quick side note. People cut me off in traffic. I say, in a few years, don't do that. I plan on getting a dually, those big pickup trucks with the two wheels in the back and a brush guard in the front, and I'm just going to drive through people that cut me off until they take my license away. I don't know if it's 70, 75. I've told my wife, and she's on board with the plan. Is he, has he reached the point where he's driving a dually and he doesn't give an F and he's just driving, th- saying whatever the hell he wants? Why'd he do it? Yeah, I, and look, I think, you know, he gave us this opening salvo as he always does when they get it. But like the ownership starting from above and the general manager and the plan that they have. But they've been a competitor. And, he's, and he and Harbaugh have butted heads at times, obviously, famously, the playoff game with the different formations and all that. Um, I think he likes to zip people. And, and to that point, maybe that is, like, I don't give a crap anymore. Like, I don't care whether you like me or you don't like me. I don't care if you talk to me at the, at the owners' meetings or the coaches' meetings. Like, who cares? What do I need you for? I don't. I got, I got all these rings, and uh, I own all of Nantucket. Like, I'm good. I don't, I don't really give a damn. Okay. So as we wrap this up, I know you don't do predictions, yes. but give me a um, – tone-filled preview of the game from your perspective. Some of the keys to this football game between the Patriots, 1-1, one and one, the Ravens, 1-1. One and one. So same record, same team, same chances to win. Why is he, sh- why is he shaking his head? Oh, because Baltimore had an epic collapse um, in part because of injuries, in part, you know, some coverage stuff. And I think once it started to roll, I think they turtled a little bit. So to Harbaugh's point after the game is like, what happened now is not the story. The story is what we do from here. Um, and I, I trust that program. I've trusted that program for a long time. So I think they'll be mentally in a better place. And I think obviously they're not going to fear uh, the Patriots receivers like they had to fear that they're going to go over the top of them as they did in that game. I think when I look at their offense, they haven't been able to run the ball Baltimore. I think if they can continue to be one-dimensional, that certainly would help. But to me, in hearing McCourty talk today, like, oh, he can read defenses now – the plan is still to keep him in the pocket. The plan is still to play zone as much as possible so that he doesn't get one of those running lanes and rip off that 75-yard back-breaking run. Like, that's – they can't stand that here. They don't want that to happen ever. Um, so can they keep him in the pocket and prevent him from doing damage with his legs? And that's not just running and picking up that 15, 20, 30 yards, but that's also just continuing to run around. And then finally, like, I can't cover this guy for eight seconds. And Devon Duvernay is, you know, 10 yards behind a corner. So I – those, to me, are, are really important factors. And then lastly, just from an offensive standpoint for the Patriots, like, you got to they, – they have to find more. There just has to be more – got to find more plays there. Everybody's feeling good about – they had a good drive to start the game, a good drive to start the second half, and a good drive to finish it. They scored 17 points in the game, and seven of them came off a gift from Gunnar Olszewski's face mask. He took over the ball in the 10-yard line. Like, so seven points in the opener and really 10 in this last game. Like – that's, you're not you're not holding Baltimore, I don't think, under 20 points. So can you, can you find a way to get some plays? 
As loyal listeners of the Six Rings pod know, that's Mike Giardi, NFL Network, and that is the first in what I hope will be weekly Andy Hart one-on-one interviews from Gillette Stadium for various members of the local media. Some will be friends of the show, like Mike Giardi, Paul Perillo, maybe Mike Reese. Others maybe people that don't really like me. That might be fun, too, if I can talk them into doing it. But we're going to try to do weekly interviews with beat writers from Gillette Stadium on Wednesdays. If you want to subscribe to the Six Rings podcast, do it on your favorite podcast app. Odyssey is the preferred app for us, obviously. If you want to contact the show and say Mike Giardi is the best guest we have or worst guest we have, it's at Six Rings Pod on Twitter or Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. Well, listen to this podcast, just chock full of perspective, analysis, and insight. You can't get it any better anywhere else. Nice job, Andy, catching up with Giardi. Lock and forward was tremendous.